All right. Let's dive in. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty I'm doing good. well. All right, everybody. I am sitting here with Jonathan, and you have to remind me of your name. Leticia. Leticia. Yes. Well, you um, said it right on the first time. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Not many people <laughs> can accomplish that. No, they can't. Um, well, when you have Vani and Tamian, and then like, True. I don't know how many times people say Bonnie, and Damian, <laughs> Damian, and Bonnie. And like, what's your name? And I just, it's Dan. It's Dan. It's Dan. That's I, it. I don't even mess with it. Like, just don't even ask. Don't even ask. It's, it's Dan. Um, all right, so we got Johnny, Jonathan, and Leticia from Meet at Meet the Kellys and at Think Inc. on Instagram. Um, popping into the studio today to do a little podcast. We're excited to have this. Um, guys, give the people out there a little bit of a breakdown. Just introduce yourselves, what you guys do, what you're about, and then we'll dive into some other questions and things like that. Awesome. Ladies first. Thank you. My name is uh, Leticia Lynn Kelly. I do go by Lynn at times, so if you can't say Leticia, Lynn is perfectly fine. I am a co-CEO of our company, uh, Think Inc., which is an acronym, T-H-I-N-C, which is uh, Thinking Helps Inspire New Creations. So we are a creative agency. Uh, we do a lot of different type of uh, creative endeavors. Cool. And, and my name is Jonathan Kelly. <clears throat> um, Again, as Leticia stated, I am co-CEO as well for Think Inc. And um, <clears throat> we're basically storytellers. Uh, that's really what Think Inc. was born from, was a need to tell stories authentically uh, in a way that inspired people. Uh, we want to help teach people how to think, not what to think. So a lot of the things that we're involved with, um, groups and organizations, it's really about making those connections with people that are helping to inspire that thought in people um, where they can take their story to the next level without someone necessarily narrating it for them. So yeah. that's really a big part of who we are and why we've come together um, with Think 3D Solutions. Cool, cool. So you guys are in Denver now. Yeah, well, we're kind of like nomads yeah. right now. That's, yeah. not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, we've been based in Denver for three years. Three years. And uh, I recently stepped down from my corporate job, um, which I'm very excited to, to say. Not many of us get that opportunity. Um, and so now I'm full time with uh, Think Inc., the same as Leticia. And we put our, ourselves in a position where we don't really have to be in any one location yeah. um, we can kind of go where the stories are and lend ourselves and our expertise expertise to, to any area really so um, we wanted to be able to see our niece play her senior year of basketball for Flandreau High School nice. shout out to the Flyers yeah. go Flyers um, stayed her bus this year um, <laughs> love it <laughs> so yeah so we, we figured you know since we're going to be here a lot more how can we kind of integrate ourselves into what was happening in Sioux Falls and the state of South Dakota? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Why, um, well, why Think Inc.? Why the creativity? Like, what, what is, that's kind of inherent to who you guys are. Mm -hmm. But what's so important about storytelling to you guys? Um, I think um, as far as like having a voice, I mean, especially like our generation, 
um, I think having a voice is, is very important, you know, especially being of color. I'm Native American. I'm uh, 100% Navajo. My uh, brother here um, is Navajo, and he married into Lakota. So my nieces and nephew, they are half Navajo and half Lakota. So tradition in the Navajo, in the Navajo way is, is still important. Um, however, I, I would definitely call myself in, um, I'm urban. So I grew up uh, 18 years on the reservation. I went to uh, and graduated school in uh, U of A uh, okay. in Tucson, Arizona. So I think the voice of it is very important, especially as a person of color, as a person, you know, of an indigenous uh, descent. I think that's very important to have some type of a uh, voice to be heard. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's interesting how. So I'm I'm adopted, but my okay. biological dad was Navajo. Okay. Um, and my mom was my biological mom was um, she was mixed. She's Hispanic and white. Okay. And so, the I'm not connected to the culture so much as it's just important to me. Hmm. But the storytelling is so big in a part of that Correct. Like part of those cultures. Like a lot of a lot of Native American people and tribes have storytelling as a like pillar. Yes. I think it's super interesting how like that's almost like Yes. Oral tradition is the most important thing in our tribe. We were yeah. just looking um at a Navajo book that was very well put together and my husband had questions in regards to filming rituals. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was trying to explain to him some things are just untouched. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Some things are just left to be told by oral tradition and a lot of our creation stories are built on those oral traditions so definitely it's important and to keep that tradition alive not in my life but my nieces and nephew and our our children as well to to keep that alive you have to tell that story and telling it from your perspective is completely different than telling somebody somebody else's perspective it is and i think that that's um <clears throat> really the biggest thing that that we want to kind of convey through thinking um i remember visiting the reservation for the first time and growing up in oakland you know you think you've kind of seen it all you know there's really no place that's kind of gonna throw you off from what you see and i just remember my first time on the reservation uh you know really being pretty emotional about it because i i just had never seen people necessarily live like that, you know? And if it were happening in an urban setting, uh, there would be an outcry, there would be, uh, you know, movements happening and all kind of, you know, just outrage going on. And the fact that this was, you know, five hours away from one of the biggest cities in the United States and no one was really talking about it, yeah. you know? Um, and then on the flip side, to see people that were so happy, you know, in this sort of circumstance where, you, you know, you would think it'd be really easy to just kind of feel bad about yourself and whatnot. But to see so many people holding on to those tradi traditions and values, me personally, I felt like it was like a duty to be able to empower people to tell that story authentically and not just have someone kind of visit uh, the res for a few weeks and write a story and, and tell us like how bad it is. But even though there were these things going on, there were, there's so many, you know, intelligent kids that are thinking up ways to make it better, you know, that were 
thinking of ways to create, you know, energy and clean water and clean air for their families. And I felt like it was our duty to kind of help to inspire that and help to give that them an outlet to be able to share that story. Um, but just learning more about the Navajo culture and what storytelling means and understanding it from my background in music, which is telling a story through song and production. Um, and then we also had an opportunity to work on a movie that I think we were really hands-on with yeah. from scoring it Indeed. to, you know, I almost broke my back in one of the stunts. Um, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a stunt man. Um, and I was a stunt woman, too, for a couple hours. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to dress up in but costumes. Now you, but now you can add it on the resume. We can put yeah. it on the resume. Yeah. And we got a chance to see that storytelling uh, from a cinematic standpoint, yeah. which I think really inspired us to say, wow, okay, we could we could do this on a lot of different levels. I think it's important to make that distinction, and we talked about this earlier, is telling someone's story versus giving them like the microphone like like tell you tell your story because like i kind of I, I like to call it like the mission trip effect mm -hmm. like because you get people that will go from suburbia to like they'll go wherever maybe they went to ghana or maybe they went to mexico or they went to belize or whatever and they got this like the mission trip effect and they come back like let me show you all these pictures of how bad it is and we take all these and it's like that's not their story that's exactly your, you you popped right. in for a minute you know, so like, where's like, let's talk about that difference of why it's important to, why it's important to give somebody tools to tell their story. And like, I love, I actually wrote that down because we talk about this, we talk about this concept a lot, teaching people a process by which to do something and not necessarily the thing. So when we do like culture training or like leadership training or team building, people are always like, well, we need, what are the tangibles? Like, we need a checklist. Where's the, where's the thing that you're going to be teaching us? And it's like, well, we have we have processes and we have some checklists and we have some workbooks, but it's way more about getting your mindset and your perspective adjusted. So now you can take it and build it to your business. So instead of giving you just a process to follow, here's ten steps to building a, a culture, or here's you know here's how you film the thing, here's how you do whatever it is, or just doing it for somebody. What's the difference when you're giving them the tools and giving them that platform? I think that's interesting. I just want to hear your perspective on that. Definitely. Um... In that, in my perspective, in that, I think what we do is very valuable in regards to taking photos or doing film or doing the photography behind the story. We we definitely are. We have our hands in a couple of different realms where we do, you know, organization events. We do music. We love music. Um, but the storytelling in 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 actual taking a photo you know what i mean most ph photographers that we see that we we enjoy there it's it's staged you know what i mean like you know the people who are coming are that are being involved in different things it's it's staged you know they're only giving a certain part of it but we like to be in the moment our biggest thing that we love to do is just being in that moment so if you are at an event or if you are at a concert or if you are at some type of you know art event it's being in that moment and capturing that for for the people to see your perspective and i think being having in our perspective is being in that moment and actually having that experience so for me i think the experience part is the biggest thing for me as far as like translating it into to film yeah and i think uh, for me it's it's something of empowerment <clears throat> um 
I think sometimes you can kind of be scared away from doing something because you don't necessarily know how to use the tools. Um, and music to me is a big example of that. Uh, sometimes some of your greatest artists are the ones who, you know, didn't have a producer or didn't have an audio engineer. And they had to figure out how to create the beats, how to record themselves, how to mix and master it. That's not to say that maybe they went on to be an audio engineer or producer, but they took that element of not knowing how to do the thing yeah. and, you know, learned it. And maybe that attracted them a music producer or, or whatever. And so for us, I think um, particularly with one of the projects that we want to do here um, is my brother-in-law is a teacher at a, a off-reservation boarding school in Flandreau. And... You know, being able to teach some of his students who are interested in photography and videography and storytelling, being able to teach them some of the techniques that we've learned, uh, we're self-taught. We didn't, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a photographer. Yeah. I didn't grow up thinking I was going to, you know, record video or be in film at all. I actually thought initially I was going to be a rapper. Um, <laughs> and, and then I realized that that's not where the money was at. It was yeah. more in producing and writing and audio engineering. Um, so that was what I always thought my my job would be. Yeah. Um but knowing what we know now and, and what we've been able to learn through, you know, the, the camera, being able to teach those students how to use that equipment to tell their story is much more powerful yeah. than me taking some photos of them and trying to interpretate that and put that narrative out there for them. So we can empower them to use their own voice through some skill training, yeah. whatever that might be they're going to be able to go on and tell a story in a more authentic manner than what I'm going to be able to do, right? Yeah. And they may not give me the same response if I go back to their reservation and, and want to tell that story for them, you know? Um, one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of pride. Even though there's all these things Definitely. going on, there's a ton of pride um, in these Native communities. And... You know, they may not want me to come back and try to interpret that story, yeah. right? But for someone that's from there, yeah. who has access to it, who can really get that authentic story, if they know how to use the equipment, they know what to do with it, now we're enabling them mm -hmm. to tell these stories authentically in yeah. a way that's going to make us think about things a little bit differently. Yeah. So for, for us, that's a big part of it is how do we, how can we help facilitate it in a way that sparks that one person to say, you know what, I want to talk about alcoholism or suicide or abuse physically, mentally, emotionally, um, as it relates to me and where I come from. Mm -hmm. And that's really a part, a big part of what we want to do with, with thinking. Yeah. That's, that's a long game too. Mm -hmm. Most certainly. That's, when you think, it's impossible to try to look authentic. Yes. You can do it for a minute, but with brands, with businesses, with individuals, with anything that anything that anybody's got eyes on. If you have any sort of public profile at all, like when people come to me with a business, well, I just want my business to, to seem authentic. What, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> be, be, what, like, be authentic. Right. It's impossible to feign authenticity. And I think it's interesting when we think about the idea of like 
it's not for someone else to come and tell my story. Right. right. It's not for someone else to come and tell your story. But oftentimes it's the skills, it's those tangible things that are missing. But I think the cool thing that would be if you if you do that and you have these young people that are now, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, growing up and they're doing these things, there's going to be kids that see them now. Like what, oh, if, yeah. what if somebody from Flandreau, just hits on Instagram for some reason, right? Or somebody drops a single and it goes viral, which now you can do thanks to SoundCloud and all the other Absolutely. Right. Like we could we could throw something together in here with a keyboard and probably <laughs> do decent on SoundCloud. Um, but I think the cool thing is like having having the young people in the next generation see that and be like, there's already a ton of pride in the community. Absolutely. But sometimes mm-hmm. it can be like, well, outside of just being proud of our community, where's my outlet where's my way to kind of get that either eyes on so people can see what's happening here Mm -hmm. and why there's why this is a why there's certain things that are problematic why there are certain things that are really really exciting and get that exposure and get that out there and then you give the the young people coming up in that community in that environment the opportunity to be like wow i can i can do that and we can already see that with our with our nieces and nephews um you know today they knew we were coming on this podcast yeah. they're like man what how, what kind of podcast is this like <laughs> we you still know we still don't know yeah don't know. right but you know but you know to them is what you just said is they're seeing people doing it right yep. right it's not just uh i saw someone on instagram that takes photos like for for these three mm-hmm. they see us and they they see what we're doing and they see what we're putting into it yeah. right. and they're curious they want to know you know what what made you know, Jay leave his job at Wells Fargo to do this mm-hmm. full time. Like, are you guys nervous about money? Are you scared about it? Like, right. you know what I mean? It's that little spark for them now where they can see my uncle and my aunt are doing it. So I don't have to just go be a nurse if that's not what I want to do. Right. You know, we have a niece right now that's a senior. She thought she wanted to do one thing, but in talking to us now, she's like, I see you guys doing what you really love to do. I want to do what I really love to do. I really love music. So what can I do with music that Mm -hmm. would be fulfilling for me, right? If we're not doing what we're doing and we're not really walking what we're talking, she doesn't have that conversation. And maybe she spends the next 25 years doing something she really doesn't want to do, right? Right. So that's really what it, it, like, what to your point, the more that people can see us doing it mm-hmm. and the more we look like them yeah and they know where our background is coming from now it takes away that fear of like can i do it mm-hmm. now i have examples of okay i i can do this and the hope is that they do it to a level far greater than what we're going to do mm-hmm. right like it should never be that thing where we hope that they're at the same level as us. No, we want you to be able to take this thing and push it a lot further than we're able to do it and inspire that younger generation Mm -hmm. coming after them to be able to take it and go where they want to go with it. It's that kind of dojo style. Exactly. Training of like, as soon as you learn one discipline or as soon as you learn one thing, it's now your job to teach and bring up. So like when you're training in that environment, everybody learns, everybody's responsible for bringing up exactly the next person and i love that idea i also think it's interesting too like the the message i think the message in that for people because with your niece for example like it's a lot of people would look right now at the risk mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is i get it but we measure things by what we 
could like what we, we measure things by what we lost or saved rather than what we would have gained, especially in hypotheticals. So like right. we we share this story a lot in trainings and just with, with clients just to give people the, the perspective of like so you, United Airlines, for example, had an incident with a passenger where the passenger was removed from the plane and the stewardess she she followed policy. But they lost millions and millions of dollars in revenue in now brand, brand equity, right? Social media, there was so much fallout and feedback from that negative interaction where if she had stepped outside the policy and said, you know what? Okay, well, we're gonna get you taken care of. We're gonna get you from here to wherever you need to go. Gotten them a $300 Uber, whatever. Gone, gone outside the policy to make sure that that happened. What would they have, get? it's, it, it's hard to measure that. Right. Mm-hmm. You would have saved you know, in hindsight, it's like, oh, we would have saved all those millions of dollars, but she acted according to to plan or to policy. And so when we like take that concept into people's lives, like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to supposed to I'm supposed to go according to plan. But what's the opportunity cost of spending twenty years mm-hmm. not being happy? <laughs> right. You know, what's the opportunity cost? And that's not to say like chuck everything that's this difficult or chuck everything that doesn't serve you right away there's things that we got to do things we have to do we got to do things we don't like to do sometimes but ultimately at the end of the day when we're pursuing these things what's the opportunity cost of like hating your like can you can you say i hate my job and i love my life absolutely mm-hmm. and i think we had an example of that recently where um you know like you talk about the comfortability with going to the day job every day we get so you know, okay with just the hourly wage that we're going to make, you know, $20, uh, $30 an hour, whatever that that might be. And uh, we had a situation recently where we got hired for a gig um, and we told them our hourly rate and they were, you know, initially it was probably a little bit high for them, but because they were familiar with our quality of work and, and what we could produce, you know, they were more than happy to compensate us that. And uh, <laughs> what we made in the three hours at this gig would have taken me almost two weeks to make at right. Wells Fargo. And I think that's the moment that the light bulb clicked for me in that why am I only valuing myself at $30 an hour, exactly. right? If you want to make $150 an hour, you can make $150 an hour. You know, there's people doing it. Yep. Um, right. This is not just something we're making up. There's people, you know, you look at what Michael Jordan makes, <laughs> uh, you know, in a minute when he's sleeping. Um, right. You know, it's more than some people will ever make in a lifetime. So why do we limit ourselves uh, to think that, you know, $25 an hour is just all we're capable of doing, you know? But to your point, that's what we're conditioned to do. That's what we're conditioned Definitely. to you know, to yeah. say, hey, if I can get this job doing this and I'm making $30 an hour, we mm-hmm. praise that. Yeah. But we don't praise the person that says, you know what, I'm worth more than that. And I feel like I can create that and mm-hmm. I'm, my value is more than that. We try to caution that. No, nah, that's too risky. Can you really do it, yeah. right? But you can sit in a cubicle for 40 hours a week and bring home, you know, $1,500 every two weeks and be okay with that. But, like, you're you're never going to be paid what you're actually worth to an organization. Correct. That's so like, exactly. Mm-hmm. And because you, you, you've, you've been in that situation, you know, right. when you drive revenue, like having coming from a business development and sales background, with at least all of my more corporate jobs, um, 
you're they're never you can drive 1.2 1.5 three million dollars mm-hmm. in revenue I don't get three million dollars no no <laughs> I no. get, get $60,000. Not even a percentage. Yeah. yeah. So like, even if you are on a commission-based thing, you're never going to get paid what you collect or bring in. And especially for those just hourly or salary jobs, the whole point of salaries, they've got you over a barrel now mm-hmm. for 50, 60 plus hours a week. And it's not your, you know, it's what we, th- we're, it's just that, it's that mindset of this is just what I get. Like I'm, I am taking home more than this paycheck and so oftentimes what we're taking home is detracting from the rest. Absolutely. Like, I get my paycheck, that's fine. But an organization wants you to engage more than they're, they're paying you. Absolutely. And you, yes. you come home with all of the things that happen at work, all of the, the conversations. that That's the reason we have a whole business. That's why we exist is because people, <laughs> people bring that stuff home and it affects their their home life, their personal life, that affects their marriages, it affects their parenting, it affects all of these things. And if we can get people kind of out of that track, and it's, you know, like the entrepreneur life is not for everybody, the startup life isn't for everybody. Some right. people suck at taking photos. Absolutely. Maybe you suck at music. Absolutely. Stay at the <laughs> stay at the bank <laughs> and figure it out. Yeah. Right. But figure out how to bring home things better right like get that culture lined up get those things lined up but everyone needs that opportunity to to at least stop and like be like okay what am i actually exactly yeah and and a lot of people kill their own dreams Mm. you know what i mean um you talk to a person in that situation that doesn't like their job Mm -hmm. that you know this person did this my I, i never get the raise i get passed over for the promotion and you ask them why are you still there why don't you walk away but you go do what you want to do. And immediately it turns into, oh, no, I need this job. I got to pay bills. I got to what about my car payment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so it's like in one breath, it, it, you you hate it. And then in the nef- next breath, you're dependent on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So and they could have a dream, but they'll kill that dream faster than they will. The thing that's actually killing them physically. Um, prime example, my dad worked for the city of Oakland for 30 years retired one year passed away the next year that was an eye-opener for me you know i just and still to this day that's something i can't fathom that i put all this effort into retirement i enjoyed it one year and then that was it and you know i never really knew what my dad wanted to do i never really knew what his dream was what did he think about you know when he was a kid, what was that thing that he wanted to do? Um, and I always felt like for me, that was a, a wake up call to say, you know, you got to live this life while you have it and not be so focused on what I'm going to do at 65. Mm-hmm. I have no way of telling you right now what I'm going to be into at 65. I may want to be a scuba diver. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I can tell you where I'm at right now. And those are the things that I'm pursuing, but I can't really fall into that trap of like what am I going to do at 70 Mm -hmm. because I don't I don't even know if I'm going to be here at 70 like so I don't try to go that far down the road to figure that that piece out but you know that's essentially what we want to be able to help do through Think Inc is to move out of that phase of just thinking that we need to be 30 years down the line and so we'll sacrifice our life now and if we can inspire that in our youth, 
and not only just our youth, but people. There's a lot of people going through this transitional phase right now. I feel like um, a lot of people right now are going through this questioning of what's really important and is this really what I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's more of us in that boat than are just willing to sit and say, okay, I'm going to be here for the next 30 years. So how can we be a part of helping to transition not only ourselves but others into that 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 world of like doing the things they really want to do in in a way that's meaningful to them definitely and i on that too like the acronym that i gave you earlier about thinking helps inspire new creations we want to give just even that spark to anyone especially you know the youth in thinking like you can think outside the box like i always tease all the time about like robots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you think about it, we're robots. When I was in my corporate job, which I worked for uh, online real estate uh, move for about eight years of my life, I was sitting in the cubicle at six years, yeah. six years there. And I'm like, this is a cube farm mm-hmm. every day, the same thing over and over, over and over. And it took me six years to realize that mm-hmm. it took me another two years to leave that. Mm-hmm. So just being in that rat race and being in that same, you know, routine over and over it, it, it I finally decided like, Hey, what do you want to do with your life? I loved writing when I was younger. So I did a lot of creative writing. I did a lot of, you know, healing for myself and understanding different perspectives, different cultures and, you know, applying it to my life. So when we, when we, um, inspire, we want just one spark of, Hey, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. You're not a robot. You don't have to be at this job every day. You don't have to sit in the cubicle for 30, 35 years. Same thing with my niece. She was talking about the same thing. Well, I can see myself sitting at a a desk job for 35 years. Um, What? Do you want to? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, is that, is that what you think you have to do or do you really want to do that? Right. She's an awesome student, you know, above a 4.0, you know, national honor society, student athlete. She Mm -hmm. is a great, she is a great young woman and the fact that she doesn't realize her worth in like hey you know what if you want to go to Stanford you can go to Stanford you Mm -hmm. have the grades to do it and she wants to also play basketball yeah you know she she has the opportunity to do this but the limited the limited um mindset that she has I think that that was important for me to come back here and kind of show her by example like hey you know what there is opportunity well people don't get the like you get to, you get to mm-hmm. think about that. You get to ask about that. Like we ha- didn't have that expectation before right. where you get to, you, you get to ask, is this what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, is this what is going to be like, is, am I happy? Right. Cause you got people, I know I got a friend who's a CPA um, and he is a like accountant genetically. He's just, that's his thing. He wants that. He wants the st- stability and that and that's cool that's mm-hmm. his thing but he's happy about it and he, he's figured out what his things are outside of that but that's not what you have to do right. like, even if it's just one person i love that idea like, even if it's just one person that gets the, the ability to say uh i can demand something else mm-hmm. i can demand more yeah it's funny how you say that too uh about the cpa because that's what her thing is i want to be an accountant she does oh, okay <laughs> yes. so so, if you want to be an accountant cool go be an accountant go be right. the best goddamn accountant ever right right just don't stay in don't stay at a shitty job just to stay at it like i I just 
ask mm-hmm. ask for more think like think, like I, I love that idea mm-hmm. mentality of like what's what's possible think yeah. about mm-hmm. not everybody sees Vani and I have this thing is based on a conversation we had a while ago now which there's there's so many things that we like just conceptually that we've got but it's called see like we just, I just have this phrase almost this hashtag that I've I've used now on things and just it says um, just see canvas mm-hmm. basically like and he had this we had this conversation and it turned into like a Facebook post that he put up um, that got a lot of traction but it's the idea and the ability to look at something and I can look at this wall and I can see a blank wall that we need to actually wash off because there's still stuff from when we cleaned it um, so that's embarrassing but uh, we gotta you can see a blank wall or you can see canvas you can see an opportunity to put something up you can look at a city and a community and see all the, the deficits and the, and the voids and all the things that are there that aren't or you can see this is a this is a building block this is a thing it's so like when we do that with personal lives or careers or like opportunities like what's people like asking people what's possible because people don't always think about that right. well, what's po- what if you did quit your job mm-hmm. not, I mean, you know, and I'm my friends give me a hard time because it's when I left my uh, my job my more corporate job I was on this kick and everyone was like my buddies called me up and complaining about something about work and I was like just quit and I'm like I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not on some campaign to get everyone to quit their jobs but ask yourself like what's possible what what am I actually bringing to the table what is being what is being given to me how is my cup getting filled up at the end of the day because I've only got so much right. each day I've only got so much I can pour out and if I'm pouring 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 you know your family needs a hundred percent or close to it but hidden camera in your home you ask people do you give your spouse a hundred percent every day no hidden camera in your home do you give your kids a hundred percent every day no do you think you give yourself a hundred percent every day no okay well what does your job expect of you a hundred percent right that math mm-hmm. doesn't square no at the end of the day that that doesn't add up and Good so questions. Like, you know that's when we take home we're taking home more than that so if it's if it's a matter of tightening the belt a little bit to leave your job to figure out what fills your cup and what you know brings you the thing at the end of the day or if it's a matter of like from the other end helping young people who are getting ready to make big decisions make decisions that will leave them better off in the long run you can figure out the bills you can figure out the thing you oh, can yeah. you can do that what's going to lead you to be the best version because if you're if you're better off if you're if you are the best version that you can be or continually coming becoming that or working towards that everyone else around you is better absolutely and i think for myself that's what i've always prided myself on is um having the vision to see the canvas you know even as a little kid um i think that's something that i uh, my parents would it probably frustrated them quite a bit um with that i just saw it my way and I really didn't care who was going to support in that. I never really asked anybody like, hey, I need you to help me do this. If I was really passionate about something, I figured out how to do it. I did. I do my research on it. And even now, you know, my wife will will laugh (laughs) at me sometimes. But if I, you know, if I really want to know something, I'm not going to everybody to figure it out. I'm going to go ground one. Yeah put in a good I mean we have all these tools now there's no excuse for not knowing at least that's how I feel um, when people come to me and and they're oh I don't know this I 
at a certain point, that's your own that's your own responsibility. With the tools we have now, there's absolutely no reason why you should walk around wanting to know something and not. Um, and prime example, I really didn't know what was going on in Sioux Falls. I could see visually that the place was changing from the, you know, three years ago when I came, and we came here, you know, maybe about a year ago. I could visually see something's happening, yeah. you know, and I don't really know what, I don't really know who, but I can tell downtown that this place looks a little bit different. It's got some juice. There's some energy happening here and I need to figure out who, what yeah. and where. Yeah. And I went back and I just start, you know, doing digging, Yeah. you know, started with the, you know, 605 magazine and found out about culture con. And then that led me on a trail, you yeah. know, to, to, to you guys. And yeah. and then I reached out, you know, and hey, you know, coffee is a big thing. Uh, I learned that in Denver. I had a mentor <laughs> that told me, you can get a medium with just about anybody over coffee. Buy them a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I thought that was a joke, but it's worked for me for three years. And uh, so now, and I love coffee. So it's a win-win situation, right? Yeah. And so... Asked, asked you and Bonnie to coffee, was able to meet with both of you guys in, in, in the same week yeah. and really just figure out what's going on. But again, that's because I have that hunger for wanting to know those things. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to just ask my brother-in-law who doesn't live in Sioux Falls what's happening in Sioux Falls, yeah. right? That That's not something that interests him. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes I think you can be so dependent on everyone else yeah. that you don't just take action on your own or you're scared of what if they don't want to meet with me you know what i mean like it's 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 those little things that i feel like there's not much that separate those that take those risks and those that don't it's just those little things of no, yeah you know are you willing to you see dan out on the street and you know you want to man i want to talk to him about something but i'm afraid is he gonna you know what i mean ask just ask you don't know and nine times out of ten if you're on that same wavelength trust mm -hmm. me dan is thinking about ways to connect people because he doesn't have enough arms <laughs> or or bandwidth <laughs> to do all of these things I on don't. his own right you know so i feel like that's another aspect of it too is you can't be afraid to reach out and put yourself out there even if it is a little bit uncomfortable and you have to do it though I you think do. That's the thing. That's such a. Um, it's such a. So it's such a thin. It's a thin, thin line that separates m most people that do things or like accomplish what they want to accomplish. Right. Versus the rest that yeah. just kind of let things happen. Right. And I think that it's it's in it's intention and then like act like nothing big, nothing important, nothing of significance happens without purpose or intention have to have like, that you have to be like no i want to do this and i took the steps to do it yeah right. and you want to get plugged into a community go at, go get plugged in go get plugged into the community. right you, got you can't <laughs> just you can't just show up and walk around and be like well this is this is neat like i wish i wish people would talk to me you have to do it you want to get better at something i had to learn there's a few software platforms that we use for our virtual training i'm a bit of a techie person but like it's youtube Somebody's like, well, how'd you figure out how to do that? I'm like, I Googled it. Yeah. Right. So it's, but it's, it's such a th simple thing. Not easy, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. Like do, take the first step, do the thing. But it's like 92% of people will not meet a goal they set. Yeah. And it's, it's, so it's a, it's a huge margin. Like there's a, there's a small group of people that actually cross the line and do the things, say what they say, I'm going to do this and then do it. 
but it's interesting how big of a gap like it's it's a it's an easy thing to just say it's a simple thing to do but no not many people get there and do it and, and take that step yeah Leticia is a YouTube queen um, <laughs> she self-taught herself how to edit yes um, how to use a camera mm -hmm. uh, we've self-taught ourselves everything we know mm -hmm. about photography videography filmmaking <clears throat> um, and so when we have people come to us and want to know you know man how do you guys know all of this stuff you know we got thrown into it yeah we, had we, a, we really did <laughs> we had a friend that was doing a big event uh 420 obviously is big in denver um <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little behind yeah a little behind but it, it, it'll get here um but in you know 50 years <laughs> right <laughs> when it's no longer a thing yeah um we found some new plant <laughs> and then we'll finally be like hey yeah hey, weed, weed is cool that's okay like, <laughs> like we're not on that anymore yeah, we're no going to mars no okay <laughs> We don't do that on Earth anymore. Um, space drugs, right? <laughs> um, but we had a, a friend uh, who's a, a musician, and she was doing some big shows on 420. We had this camera. Um, we ended up buying a lens. We had no idea what we were getting into. We no, had no idea uh, what an ISO setting was yeah. or what aperture was or lighting or yeah. any of that stuff. And mm -hmm. we were in a dark nightclub. <laughs> um, which further reinforced for me why I don't like nightclubs. Right. Um, but, you know, we were in a dark nightclub figuring out how to make this video the best that it could be, you know, yeah. taking photos in the dark, essentially. Um, and we did, you know, from that time period for the next probably two to three months, we did photos and videos for them just nonstop. And we made a ton of mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but because we were so passionate about it we went and found any book we could that yes. taught us about lighting mm -hmm. that taught us about aperture we watched videos online about took master classes we took oh yeah i mean we we took uh annie Leibovitz uh, master class oh, nice. um you know uh jimmy chin who shoots a lot of national yeah. geographic and um you know just all the things that we could do to better ourselves but we took that upon ourselves to do that no one had to tell us you know hey this is how you do it or we weren't waiting around for someone to just show it to us we had all this video we didn't know what to do with it Leticia sat down took some YouTube classes and realized she was really into editing yeah and she was really good at it mm -hmm. um, and so she would sit there for eight hours a day and put these videos together. And that led to us shooting a, a TV show for YouTube and mm -hmm. all of these different opportunities that came about that. But the point of it is, you know, we we all have that fear of doing the thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, to say you don't. Uh, maybe you don't call it fear, whatever you want to call it. We all have that thing yep. that can stop us. What separates us is dealing with that and just moving on anyway and once you start doing that enough you realize that fear is just a temporary thing once yeah. i actually mm -hmm. master it and i know it that's another skill set in the tool belt right yeah. so f for you maybe some of those programmers you didn't know but now that you do know it that's something now that's in your tool belt that hey i do know how to run this sort yeah. of software i do know i maybe didn't think about doing a yeah. podcast but now i do know how to do these things right yeah. and i think once you get over that hump and you start adding those feathers to the cap so to speak it 
it, you react a lot quicker to yeah. taking those risks. You oh, don't because, wait so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big, well, I wish, I, for the first season or like group of like 10 episodes that we did for this uh, earlier this summer, we had a few phrases that I ended up, they ended up becoming, it's like a thing without really becoming, like knowing it was going to be a thing. But one of it was, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one was, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> which, which I never do. And so, like, some shit would happen on the podcast. Like, somebody would say something, and we'd get derailed, and they'd be like, ah, we'll fix it in post. Right. And then, yeah. like, we'd, I don't. Yeah. But it's just, so, like, it became a thing. And, like, it's funny, because, like, I had people reach out and be like, they, they, they would say something. I was talking to, to a buddy, and he actually, him and his business, um, his his he works at a family owned business and they do um, in interior design and provide office furniture and office products for uh, organizations and he so shout out to James and at Interstate's office products uh, they came through and did an incredible job at our conference but I had him on the podcast a couple of times and he was joking around about things like are you going to fix that in post right. and I'm like you know I won't like, you know I'm not going to I'm not gonna going stay to in now there. now that you yeah. said that but the whole idea was like we'll figure it, like we'll figure it out is kind of how like, yeah. oh, we'll figure it out cuz we, we were one time we were sitting we took the we took our setup over to one of our favorite bars that one of our friends owns and just did like kind of a field trip setup and like there's music playing in the background and Von is like yeah we're probably gonna get demonetized because they got music playing and I'm like oh yeah, we might we might right. it's like, well, we'll, we'll figure it we'll out we'll figure it yeah. out and it's like so you have this and like that's a goofy example but the reality was like we didn't know what we were doing when we started this like I started with my phone like, yeah. I, have, oh, I, have yeah. an app. I have an anchor app which I just started recording episodes on my phone and then we had the our we used that mic in the, in the floor over there for we use it for voiceovers for videos so that was like, okay, well, we can set that up and it's ambient so we can sit in the room. And it was, the audio was tinny and stuff like that. But what, there was one week where I shot or recorded five and dropped four episodes. I had almost had an episode every day. Boom, nice. boom, 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 which was exhausting. But it was a matter of like, I just want to see how that, what that feels like. And now mm-hmm. we're slow. We've scaled it way back. We're doing one a week now, which is good. But um, it's, it's lowered the threshold now for everything else. So now that when we approach something else, now when something new comes up and you guys are like, I want to, I want to figure out how to do that. Or like you see some sort of video or you see something and you're like, I want to figure out how to do that. I can, I know I can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it lowers that bar and you're like, no, I got this. Like we're going to, we're going to do this thing. And the more and more and more, like you said, the more feathers in the cap that you have, it's easier. It's yeah. easier to just tackle mm-hmm. things head on at that point. You start to realize that's how you create that value. <clears throat> I feel like for your brand as well, when uh, people, you know, know us for uh, you know doing multiple things not just doing one thing at a time being able to cross a bunch of different lanes people recognize that versus just oh you're a photographer mm-hmm. um you know so i think a lot of times pushing ourselves outside of that comfort zone is what allows us to do the things that we do in the ways that we can do it mm-hmm. is because we've had to say okay no, we don't just do photos. We don't just do video. We do a lot of different creative things, but that kind of came out of a need to learn it ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of getting pushed into that arena and be, and accepting that challenge of, okay, hey, we got to learn how to edit. We got all these videos. We can't just send it off to someone to do it for <laughs> us. So we yeah. got to figure right. out how do we edit these yeah. videos, you know? So I feel like a lot of times if you can push past that little point of having that fear of like, I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. and you start to learn it and you get comfortable with we'll it, figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. We'll figure you it know, out. I got this film camera <laughs> that I found that I bought when I was like 13, found it, took some photos on it out of like 36, I think seven, you could actually see <laughs> yeah. it because the settings were all messed up. I'm going to go pick up 
uh, I dropped off another roll a couple days ago, so I'll get it back today. We'll see if some adjustments made, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't just look at the back of the screen and see if it's perfect. You know, yeah. I got to make those adjustments and see how did it turn out. But that's yeah. what it's all about is just, okay, we went 7 to 36. If I can at least get 50% on this one, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a that's an accomplishment and you make those adjustments well, and kind of keep going. You'll net positive as you go. Exactly. I think it was, um, it might have been Gary Vaynerchuk. I, th- I don't know who said it. Was it Gary V that talks about you can talk about like read you can read a I read a million books mm-hmm. on doing I think push-ups. So. Yeah, it was Gary. Like you know, what I mean, you can you can read about doing push-ups all day long, but like go do a fucking push-up. Right. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. You know, you can be an expert at, at at it. You know, from a I read it, but if you're not practicing it, mm-hmm. you know that's that's a lot different. And I have yeah. to actually go out and like I said, it, it took me doing a photo shoot in bright light and messing up all the photos to figure out, hey, you know what? There's a reason why you can't face the sun at 12 o'clock and do this photo <laughs> shoot, right? You gotta use diffusers or you gotta use shading yeah. or, or turn your subject a different way. And But I don't know those things without actually going out, putting up shots. You know, we were taking a thousand shots and only getting maybe 30 mm-hmm. that actually could be used. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have those kind of numbers. I can go take 300 shots and really have to choose the best 100 out of that that Mm -hmm. 300. But it's because of putting up the repetition and making those adjustments and not being afraid to make those mistakes, you know? Yeah, I just, this is actually a good way to land this plane. Um, I was just on, I gotta pull up the post, um, the South Dakota, speaking of South Dakota Ballet, uh, the South Dakota Ballet, put up a, a post and it was here it is we'll fix this in post <laughs> uh, here we go so it says dancers no longer want to start at the beginning as if it were shameful to be in a beginner class don't sabotage your training and development for the vanity of being in an advanced class remember that every great dancer was once a beginner um, that was a quote by a guy named Bill Waldinger I have no idea who he is uh, from the Joffrey Ballet School seems very prestigious um, <laughs> but I uh, I commented I, said, I, like, I like that idea but yeah. I, I, comment, I commented on it and I said where you are now is more important than where you've been and isn't as important as where you're going everyone starts somewhere absolutely the, the important thing is you start absolutely doing you know because by the time that you know if somebody's sitting there waiting around to learn everything they want to learn about photography or learn everything there is to learn about putting a podcast out I've gotten you've gotten now like this we've done 20 30 photo shoots now exactly mm-hmm. I've done 15 16 episodes to your one I know more about doing it because I did it faster exactly mm-hmm. and you know all the buttons you know you may have read all the the books on the buttons to press and <clears throat> the platforms to use and how this one differs from that one but have you actually done it mm-hmm. right and you've done 16 episodes versus I've read a thousand books on how to do a podcast. Yeah. Who am I going to go to to do my podcast? Yeah. I'm going to go to Dan because Dan is actually doing, doing the podcast, podcast. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with photography or, or video or, you know, even the creative brainstorming that we do with certain businesses sometimes. A lot of the times it's just getting out of that phase of I want to do this and what is identifying step one. Mm-hmm. And step two will will line itself up once you actually take that step and you just kind of keep going until you get to that that ending spot but a lot of times it's just a fact of are you actually doing it are you taking the steps to do it and if so 
well, it, it, it has this way of kind of working itself out. Yeah. No, it will. It'll happen. Um, and people, it's that first step. Yeah. Always. Which is cool. You mm-hmm. guys got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of cool things happening. So I like to do shameless plugs. <laughs> like I, I'm so not shy about like plugging stuff. Um, so tell, let's wrap this up. What are some of the things you guys are you guys got you're working on? You want people to be aware of? You want people to go follow, like, share, whatever? Drop some piece, drop some, drop some PR on us right now. Okay, go for it. Uh, so you can follow us. Uh, our business page is at think t h i n c dot i n c, and that's where you can find anything related to Think Inc. Uh, some of the the people that we collaborate with and work with our personal page which is uh, at meet underscore the Kellys that's K-E-L-L-E-Y-S and that's kind of where you can see anything related personally to us Uh, our website is think with a C dash I-N-C dot com so you can find out you know where we're going to be at what we're working on check out our portfolio our reel there and right now we have a, a really cool project that we're getting ready to start uh, pre-production on uh, with our, our brother who is a teacher at the off-reservation uh, boarding school. We're working on a, a short documentary about him and kind of his journey as a teacher and as a single father of three nice. um, in Flandreau. Uh, we also uh, have a couple photo projects that, that we're working on. Um, and hopefully a few things here in Sioux Falls uh, as we kind of get more tapped in with what's happening and, yeah. and how we can be a part of that. Uh, anything else I'm, I'm missing? That's currently. Cool. Okay. Yeah, currently. Stay tuned oh, for more. Well, actually, we do. <laughs> yeah. We have one more thing. We have a, a show that we produced last year uh, called The Flow Show um, right. with a good friend of ours, Matt Mays. Um, his name is Quantum Keyhole Studio on uh, Instagram. So we have a show called The Flow Show that we are just about wrapped up editing. Mm-hmm. Um, that we'll, We're going to start our marketing promotional push for that and that'll be coming out around March, early April cool, cool. 2020. So stay tuned for yeah, that yeah. as well. It's good stuff. Um, I've got all of your links in the description below if you're on Anchor or Apple or Spotify or Google Cast, Pocket Cast, uh, Google Play, there's nine plat wherever you can pick up a podcast. Go check the description and the details. We got all these links below. Um, yeah, so we're gonna be going to the South Dakota Ballet. Absolutely. Gala, gala, soiree, party, soiree, <laughs> soiree. Uh, this Thursday, the 14th. So that's a big one. Go follow Think Inc. and go follow Meet the Kellys on Instagram. Um, shameless plugs for us. If you're listening and you're not signed up for our boot camp in December, be better. Stop it. Sign up for the boot camp. Get in there in December. Otherwise, stay tuned to the podcast. Hit us, hit us with a message or a comment if you want to get in touch or you want to be on the show. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you.